I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We're now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into the Monday edition of Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni, alongside you for the next 45 minutes, hour, whatever, our pleasure um, in terms of time, that's the beauty of not having the the uh, the radio clock anymore, right, Pat? Caught you I mean, guard, yeah. did I? Yeah, you, you maybe a little, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it is nice not having the radio clock and not having to worry to cram all of the stuff that we want to get to into a certain amount of time. Speaking of cramming, um, why don't we cram all of the wonderful social media stuff and uh, where people can find us, how they can watch us all into one fell swoop. So follow me at The Coppin Show on your favorite social media platforms. Follow him at The Pat Oni Show. You would know that if you were watching on Rumble because it's part of our wonderful setup there. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And of course, you can always listen via podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Hit that rate, like, review, whatever is available on that platform. It is how we get noticed more and more and more. <clears throat> if I could also apparently speak. Um, how was your weekend, Mr. Patoni? Uh, it was it was fine. Nothing, nothing special. Well, my yard, you know, technically, my, I guess my weekend, however, is uh, not over yet. So, uh, uh, yes, it, it, it yesterday was uh, Juneteenth. Y- yes, and my company apparently is recognizing that today, so I don't necessarily have to uh, mm-hmm. go to work today, which is nice. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yesterday was also uh, a more important holiday. Well, not necessarily more important. Just differently important. Di- di- differently important. Yeah, I, w- I would argue that Juneteenth is at least pretty important. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> you know? pretty monumental day in so much as the last vestiges of slavery were gone. Um, yep. And it's also one of the, uh, I think, one of the oldest, ho- like, nationally recognized holidays in the country. 
except we didn't really start recognizing that until like a year ago. It's one of the oldest holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially in like Texas, I believe, and and other parts of the country. But yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But yesterday was also um, Father's Day. So uh, belated happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. Um, You know, had a chance to call my dad and chit chat for a little bit and and uh, all that wonderful goodness. Um, Obviously, we're not in the same locale. So, uh, yeah, we just had a good chat and. Um, you know, had a chance to hang out with some other uh, friends who are dads and celebrate them. And um, but as I was celebrating Pat, and as we were talking late last night, I I started to ask myself a really important question. Do you know what question that was? Uh, no. What's a man? You. You don't know? Our, seems like our society doesn't. We can't We can't define a woman. Remember, a, a woman is a man who wants to be a woman. But, but what's a man? And there's multiple levels to this. Multiple layers to this question, if you will. And I, I start with the basic question what is a man because we have large problems when it comes to fathers in the homes when it comes to fatherhood period on father's day you know you and i are lucky you know we we have good relationships with our fathers for the most part and had an opportunity to learn from them grow from them be around them our entire lives, right? Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people of all stripes don't have that opportunity. And when that doesn't happen, when we talk about fatherlessness, when we talk about those things, do you even understand what it is to be a man? When we take a look at our culture, our television, our movies, all of those things, are they teaching those that don't have a father in the home what manhood is? Because just as we should be able to define what is a woman, we should be able to define what is a man. Too often today, Pat, we're told masculinity is toxic. We're told that being a man, having those masculine traits, is bad. That you have you can't be a man in today's society. And I'm not saying you don't have to be in touch with your feelings and you have to be a cold individual or anything like that. That's not that's not manhood either. But we have pushed the notion that there is no such thing as man or woman in our society. Take a look around our culture. Does it seem healthy? No. And as we were talking about this, you actually brought up a really good um, 
article that came from Intellectual Takeout. And I wanted to talk about this, right? Because we've been told, you know, we're toxic. If you are a, a white male, you are the most to toxic individual that exists on planet Earth, and you must be stripped of all things that make you a white man in order to be acceptable to society today. But the key component is not your race. It is your manhood that they are attempting to strip from you. But as we were, as you presented this article to me, I want to read from this because in the early 1900s, we have to go back to that point to understand something. What does it mean to be a man? Is it your physical strength? Is it your intellectual strength? Is it, what is it, right? What does being a man mean? Ralph Moody, writing in the early 1900s, had this to say about what his father told him about being a man. There are only two kinds of men in this world, honest men and dishonest men. Now keep in mind, we're talking about the early 1900s. He goes on to say, there are black men and white men and yellow men and red men. But nothing counts except whether they're honest men or dishonest men. Some men work almost entirely with their brains. Some almost entire, entirely with their hands. Though most of us have to use both. But we all fall into one of these two classes, honest and dishonest. In the eyes of Moody's father, as this article continues, there was never any reason for a person to behave as an entitled victim. Any man, Moody's father told him, who says the world owes him a living is dishonest. The same God that made you and me made this earth, and he planned it so that it would yield every single thing that the people on it need. But he was careful to plan it so that it would only yield up its wealth in exchange for the labor of man. Any man who tries to share in that wealth without contributing the work of his brain or his hands is dishonest. How often do we see both men and women chasing a quick buck? Not wanting to work for it, just expecting others to hand them money. But did you notice here, Pat, the definition of manhood is simply this. It is your character. Are you an honest person or a dishonest person? And the value of your manhood is in that. Are you an honest broker or are you a dishonest broker? Can you be trusted or not? But here's the rub in all of this, Pat. This isn't something that you and I get to speak into the ether. This is something that you have to live. It is something that you have to model. So when I ask the question, what is a man? For a person who's in a fatherless home, could honesty and integrity be taught? 
Yes. But is it or is it not easier to be taught when it is modeled by a man, by a dad in the home? And I understand there are bad dads out there, right? Dads who are physically or emotionally or verbally abusive. It is also modeling that dishonest behavior that helps you to understand what a man should be and what a man shouldn't be. But as this article points out, you, can, you cannot just pass along this little speech to your child about having character and actively doing what is right. You have to live it. You have to live, and then someday die, in correspondence with the God who made you, working with your hands and your brain, being honest, not playing the victim, or looking for handouts and favors, but, part it, but putting your heart and soul into whatever you do and doing it for him. Everything else will follow naturally and will serve both you and your children well, even in the midst of crazy, unpredictable times. There is a foundational truth that is important to defining what is a man. It is not strength. It is not, you know, brawn over brains. It's, it's not any of those traits, if you will. It is simply what? Living an honest life. And by the way, that would include the honesty of not doing drugs, the honesty of not, you know, doing things that are wrong, right? Being able to model, actively participate in showing that next generation what honesty and integrity are. We are all fallible. We're all going to make mistakes. But that honest man, or a woman, but that honest man owns those mistakes, doesn't repeat those mistakes, and speaks to those mistakes so that the next generation doesn't make those same mistakes. That's what a man is to me. A man is somebody who speaks with integrity, character, honesty. Those are all synonyms, right, Pat? But it starts with being honest. And too often today, our society rewards the dishonest the cheap way, right? Am I missing something here? No, no. Um, when we were talking about this last night, um, I also brought up this idea that when, when we listen to uh, people talk about what is a woman, 
and they say they can't define it. And then they all of a sudden they start bringing up something called womanhood. Well, we can get into all the phys- physiological, biological differences of men and women. And and we, we could define each sex that way. We could. But when we start talking about what you're talking about and what this article has been talking about is manhood or womanhood, it is a, I, I guess, a philosophical um, description of what it is to be a man or what it is to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at it from from that point of view, I, there, there could be some subtle def- differences in definition of, of manhood and womanhood, depending on who you talk to. Um, my, my dad might have a slightly different definition than me, for example, um, of, of what a, what makes a man. However, there are going to be fundamental things that, that we are going to agree on on what makes a man and what makes a good man. And I think this article nails that, and it starts with honesty. It starts with with having a good character. Um, we could talk about being um, strong, whether that's mentally, physically, um, being a, a patriarch in the home, mm-hmm. um, and, and being a leader for your family. We, we could talk about those things, and all of those things would be true. In terms of what would make a good man, a good husband, a good father, mm-hmm. leading those leading those kinds of things and, and, and exemplifying those things is incredibly important. And if we look at our society today, is it is it any wonder that we have the problems that we are having within our society because there are a lot of dads that aren't around, or? Is it any wonder when you have a society that is simply attacking men for being who they were meant to be? And that is the leader, the father, the patriarch, you know, the 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 person that people look up to to do something, to impact change, to impact good wholesome change within our society someone that contributes to your community is it any wonder that these things are under attack that we are seeing a decline in our society i i don't think it's a coincidence i don't and the fact that we are having arguments over which bathroom to use and who can compete in what sports and having all of this dysphoria around sex and this immorality around sex, is it any wonder that we are having the problems that we are having today? Again, none of this, none of this is coincidental. And we can just give some facts here, too. I mean, I want you to think about this. One in four children today, Pat, grow up in a home where no father figure exists, period. There's no biological dad, a stepdad, a adoptive dad. One in four. 
25% of all children growing up today have no dad in their lives, period, point blank. How about this, though? Individuals from father-absent homes are 279% more likely to be carrying guns and dealing drugs than peers that live with fathers. Does it always? Is it an absolute? No. Of course it's not an absolute. But there is a massive correlation. Infant death, Pat, within the first 28 days of life, four times as high in households where there is no dad. Why? Because when you get to be able to split the duties, right? You might be able to better pay attention when things are going wrong, when things aren't right. Sometimes that slips through the cracks when you are the only person and you are dead-ass tired all day every day for the first month. How about this? Women with absent fathers are more likely to have children with absent fathers. It's not just a man-to-man situation. Children living without their father in the home are 47% more likely to be living in poverty. Men with absent fathers are also more likely to become absent fathers. To put that one one in four uh, number in perspective, Pat, it is about 19 and a half million children. It's crazy. <clears throat> I uh, I once heard a talk, um, within my within my church about um, fathers being an example not just for their sons but for their daughters. And one one of those things that that they had talked about is if you want to show your son or daughter how to become a good husband or a good wife, start by showing them how you treat your own wife. And 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 doing it that way, um, and and being respectful towards your spouse, and and treating them with the love and kindness and respect that they deserve. Um, that way, they exemplify that in their life. They adopt those same habits, because without it, you're right. Like like, you are so much, so many more times more likely to find a partner that is the exact same way. And so, if they're absent you're more likely to find someone that's going to be absent. If they're into certain um, things uh, of, of a dishonest character, you are more likely to adopt those things and, and find that in a spouse. Mm-hmm. And and we wonder why, like like divorce rates, like why, why are they so crazy, right? Why are they so high? A lot of it is because of this, right? So you, you need... Um, the man in the home to to be able to help navigate 
and and learn those habits of what it means to carry on a healthy relationship. In, in a great example of this, Pat. Mm. Um, do you know the the YouTube channel, Dad? How do I? No, I don't. It's a YouTube channel started by a dad who didn't have a dad in his own life. It now has over 2 million followers. Things like how to change a tire, I'm proud of you, all of those things, right? <clears throat> in a culture that's not sick, how does that happen? Right? Right. You shouldn't need 2 million followers or a YouTube channel titled Dad, How Do I? Now, there are things like the fatherhood um, involvement programs, the National Fatherhood Institute, I believe, is out there, too, or initiative. Um, <clears throat> but we also have structural problems that help to create these issues as a society. You, you can argue about the criminal justice system, right, where there's a lot of fatherlessness happening because of decisions of dishonesty by the dads out there, right? Selling drugs, dealing drugs, guns, you know, all that sort of stuff. But also, quote-unquote, victimless crimes, right? The failed war on drugs, and that's what a lot of people in the libertarian movement uh, will tell you. And <clears throat> I see some of it, but I don't also. Like, I have a problem with this. That's It's a victimless, victimless crime. Talk to the child who had to fend for themselves while daddy and mommy were on a four-day meth bender. That's not victimless in any way, shape, or form. But there's no man left in the home, usually, right? But that's not just the only problem in the legal system. And, and I have talked about this in had discussions about this within friend groups and things like that. But if you get divorced, what, who's getting the bit, who's getting the kids in the United States of America? It's always the mother, unless there's some massively extenuating circumstance, right? Primary custody is going to the mother and you as a dad might get the kids every other weekend, maybe two weeks during the summer or, or whatever have you, Right. How does that help? It doesn't. Ping-ponging the kids back and forth doesn't help. And, and many times it's not even fair. Not even close. It, even if the dad wants to be in those children's lives, most of the time it's not even fair towards the dad. Yeah, even if they're, you know, the mom and dad are divorcing because of whatever, right? And the dad is perfectly capable and loving and all of those things, right? The court will say, sorry, you'll get the kids every other weekend. You'll get them uh, one week out of the month or whatever the setup will be. Again, unless there are extenuating circumstances in these cases, it our system is very biased. It is setting kids up to fail. Because even if you want to be that ultra-involved father, right, and co-parent 
as, as the term is now. The court won't let you. The court sets it up to fail. But there's still more in terms of failing and things that, hear me out here, government could do to help bring back fathers to the home, to help manhood be manhood again. It's our welfare system. Our government rewards fathers for not being in the home. What do I mean by that? If you were to be a dad and a mom living in poverty, right, needing assistance of some sort, whether that's temporary or long-term, oftentimes, if there's two people at the head of the household, your money goes down. Oftentimes, it is much better for the mom with three kids to live outside of the, the home that the dad lives in to get that extra assistance, to get that extra money. While the dad lives somewhere else, we are literally telling you we're going to financially reward you for being a single mother. We should be rewarding those who choose the nuclear family. But since the 60s, you know, since the uh, the um, the Great Society of the 60s, right? Lyndon Baines Johnson, one of the most racist presidents of all time, by the way, probably only second to Woodrow Wilson. They've rewarded the destruction, largely, of the African-American family structure. It's the government, through its legal systems and its financial system, that has set us up to fail. The notion that any family should be financially rewarded for or financially re rewarded less for mom and dad being together in the home is insane to me. But that's the system we have set up. Because our government is incapable of understanding what is important in our society. They only look at it as cold X's and O's, right? Oh, there's two, there's two adults in the household? They don't bother to check to see, hey, by the way, is that mom and dad? Oh, so you guys are, you're married, right? Okay, so we're going to reward that. We're going to give you the full amount. Oh, and if you're a single mother, you're, you're going to get less. Because we're financially going to tell you that what? Being a mom and a dad with their kids, being a nuclear family, is healthier for our society. By and large, we just rattled off all of those statistics, right? 279% more likely to deal drugs and carry guns as teenagers if you don't have a dad in the home? That should be the end of the discussion. You're less likely to deal drugs and be a violent, dishonest person? Huh. Who could have seen that coming?
So to all of the dads out there who are present in their child's lives, who are doing right, setting an example, being present in whatever form that it takes for you right now, thank you. But we have a long freaking way to go. Because we can't even define the basics of what is a man. And until we go there, and until we figure that out, just as we should be able to figure out what's a woman, this sickness, the spirit of the age that has taken hold of us as a society is only going to grip us tighter and tighter and tighter. You ask culture wars, why fight them, right? A lot of libertarians, why are you fighting culture wars? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? All those other ills that you speak of, right? The, the victimless crimes uh, that we need to, to, to wipe our, our uh, jails of, right? What if we reduce the amount of people who do that, who participate in those things, culturally what what if what if it had started there instead of the judicial system why don't we start there then have that discussion about those ty types of criminals you want to reduce it we gave you the stats you want to reduce infant mortality which is on the rise by the way in the united states of america Having a mom and dad present in the home is oftentimes much, much, much better for the baby. Is it foolproof? No, of course. We hear all of the, the awful one-off stories, right, of uh, the sh shaken babies and the, the dads and moms who go crazy and, and harm their babies. That, that happens in our society. But to suggest that that very small minority of 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 that happening means we need to kill the nuclear family is insane. Yet we hear it. We hear Black Lives Matter, right? BLM Inc. <clears throat> what is one of their tenets? There's no such thing as the nuclear family. They want to abolish it. They believe raising that child as a community. How is that working out in your community? Especially in those inner city communities literally pat I, I this brings me to this story there's a story that was out this weekend here in chicago a 18 just turned 19 year old kid has been wanted by the cops for over a month for committing not one not two but three armed robberies on the red line um, CTA trains three of them in a month his own mother turned his ass in after seeing his wanted picture on the news his own mother turned him in guess what <clears throat> no dad Oh, also out on bond for a quote-unquote reduced misdemeanor gun charge from last year. 
That's my point. And that story is not unique. We hear it all the time here, over and over and over again, to the point where the mother says, I can't even. Says, no, you're going to sink or swim because you are an absolute dishonest person. That's what it comes down to. And it's very root. There are other issues, obviously, there. But you don't become an armed robber if you're an honest person. I, I, I think, and I, I, I don't want to skip this. But I think one of the things that we're also missing here is, is a uh, presence of God in the home. And a lot of times yeah. that is facilitated through through dad, right? Um, at least in my experience and what I've seen in mm-hmm. other successful households, a lot of times that is facilitated through dad um, in, in the fact that, you know, he's oftentimes, and I'm not saying that moms don't do this, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, we're, and I don't think, one of the things we are not trying to do here is to discount moms who have to step up and do both roles. Um, right. Well, but what we are saying is that, right. It, <clears throat> let me be clear on this. You cannot fulfill both roles. No, you can't. You can't. You can try your mightiest, but you can't. And because so there is an to- inherent thing that fathers teach their children, just as there are inherent things the mother teaches the children, they are equally important. Important. Right. But and that's what I'm getting at equal. here. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at here is that, that, you know, we talk about dad leading by example, right? <clears throat> yep. But he also teaches that example too. Like he, he t- in what I have seen in successful households is dad is teaching something spiritual, something about God. I'm not saying that, that they're of any particular religion, but they, they have a um, basic rooted principle in God of some kind. And they teach that they exemplify that. And, and excluding the, like these very basic core tenets makes the adverse effects that you and I have been talking about for the last, what, half hour now, um, more likely. And again, we sit here and we wonder why. And, and again, I'm not saying moms can't try their mightiest to do certain things. There are a lot of great single moms out there that, that step up and, Absolutely. and do a great job. But dad's important. Right. Is all we're saying. Right. All we're saying is that we're we're talking in generalizations, okay? You have a better chance at success in life if mom and dad are around. It is that easy. That simple. That doesn't mean you won't be a success if you don't. Your chances are harder. And mom and dad should want you to succeed. It is that simple. <clears throat> so give them that advantage, that simple advantage. Be a dad. Step up. Be a man. Now, having said that, Pat, uh, we have some economic things to talk about in the second half of the show here. Uh, but before we do that, why don't we play the B or not the B? Let's do it. All righty, then. Today's headline 
more Mormons waiting till later in life, like 22 to get married. More Mormons <laughs> waiting till later in life, like 22 to get married. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, folks, if you haven't gone yet, I know I always like to have a bit of a pick me up on Mondays, even though I can't have this particular pick me up. But Andrew's having this particular pick me up, I believe, right now. And then yes. is by going to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. You can get that that pick me up. You can tr you try all the sorts of different great flavors they have over there. Um, just out of curiosity there, Andrew, uh, what, what uh, flavor is in your uh, coffee cup this morning? Um, a little bit of the Franklin. Franklin. All right. Mm -hmm. So there, there's the Franklin. You know, the Brawl Hamilton's one of your favorites as well. Mm -hmm. um, that, that is the blueberry flavored for, for those that don't know. Um, they've got all sorts of great flavors over there that you can try. Um, yeah, all you I, picked do up, um, I just put an order in uh, over the weekend for um, the At The Mic Macadamia Nut. And then I think I also put in, um, what was the other one? I think it did the Frederick Douglass as well. Ah, okay. So lots of great flavors over there to try. Um, the DM is is getting back up to speed slowly with American Pride Roasters and getting things back online. Um, you can help support them by going to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. More Mormons waiting till later in life, like 22, to get married. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. Well, um... Gee, shocky darns. Me thinks this has got to be the Babylon Bee. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm totally sure because most of you don't get married till you're like 24, 25, right? I mean, you got missions to go on. And they got to oh. go to BYU. Oh, man. You, you, you do not know Mormon culture very I, well. I'm joking. Yeah. I know. Most of, most of your women are married by the time they're 17. I mean, 18. That's not necessarily true anymore either, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, generally speaking, you know, people get married fairly young within the church. Mm -hmm. um, it, there was always this running joke, especially where I went to school. It was BYU-Idaho. Um, it was also called BYU-I-Do. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, and there was always this running joke that uh, if you're older than 25 as a guy, you are a menace to society. <laughs> in single, um, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Twenty-five and single, you're 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 a menace to society. Um, but anyway, uh, scholars of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, aka Mormons, have published a study revealing a disturbing trend among Mormons, specifically millennial Mormons, are waiting until later in life, sometimes even like twenty-two, to get married. <laughs> this development has unsettled many church leaders, particularly since it comes on the heels of a recent study suggesting younger Mormons do not plan to have nine children. <laughs> Whatever happened to finding a nice, broad-shoulder girl and setting down, settling down at the ideal age of sixteen? As so church spokesman Orson McKay, young Nibley Smith the <laughs> third. What uh, what these pampered nippers need are fewer <laughs> Android cellular phones and more time spreading the gospel among the head-hunting tribes of Mongolia. Oh. <laughs> not, all members, not all members see the trend of marrying late as a negative thing. The culture writer Nobler Coppins. What? Do you do you do you have like a distant relative named Nobler Coppins? No. 
Are, well, are that's you a, sure? That's a, that's a different Coppins family. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the the young the, the culture writer Nabor Coppins says Mormons marrying at an older age may be the ticket to granting the church some much needed cultural cachet, even relevance as modern likable religion. Perhaps mused Coppins. Uh, society will look at these cliched beards and baby f- factories to see us as more relatable once they see us marrying later in life, getting poorly thought out tattoos and having awkward drinking stories. <laughs> at publishing time, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints were reeling from yet another study confirming young Mormons are interested in just having one wife. <laughs> this might be one of the better satirical ones they've done in a long time. That was great uh, writing. Also, uh, you know, being being the resident Mormon of this show, mm-hmm. I'm totally willing to make fun of myself. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh-huh. we're both both willing, both willing yeah. and able to make fun of ourselves. That is for dang sure. <clears throat> That's one of the reasons why I did this, by the way. And then, like when I saw the Nobber Coppins, I'm like. Oh, this is going to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really different. So Coppins is like the Dutch or Belgian version of Smith, if you will. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's a very, 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 very common last name. I I will say in this case, it was spelled C-O-P-P-I-N-S. Right, which is the um, which is the original German Dutch. belgian spelling of it by the way gotcha yep but hey we're cool and we spell it with an e so not not related clearly clearly hey at least you didn't pronounce it copins is that is that normally how it's pronounced no in in like like the dutch culture no okay where is there two o's I mean, that's true. <laughs> it drives me crazy. People, when I, I know there's a telemarketer because they'll never get my last name right, ever. How hard is it? It's 102 P's. <sighs> Anywho, like that having been said, things that also grind my gears, um, mixed messaging on inflation and recession, Pat, because uh, over the weekend, our... Our wonderful uh, Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, who has repeatedly told us over the past two years that um, don't worry about inflation. There's no such thing as stagflation. This is just uh, temporary, right? Uh, Transitory. Oh, uh uh-oh. She told us this week on Sunday that... um, the recession is not at all inevitable, but global factors, Russia, Putin are to blame, and that's why we might go into one. Literally, appearing on ABC's This Week with George Snuffleupagus, I mean Stephanopoulos, the former Federal Reserve Chair acknowledged inflation is at unacceptably high levels. She continues to say that I expect the economy to slow. It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy, as the labor market has recovered. We have reached full employment. 
It's natural now that we expect a transition to steady and stable growth, but I don't think a recession is at all inevitable. How out of touch <clears throat> can you possibly get? And here, furthermore, I kind of saw this coming once she got the nomination for uh, Secretary of Treasury. She's you. You there's so many more qualified and I think better people out there than Janet Yellen to to speak on subjects like this. She's clearly not one of them. Um. By the way, a recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth because the U.S. gross domestic product declined at an annualized rate of 1.5% in the first quarter of 2022. Whether or not the U.S. is now in a recession will be determined at the end of the month when the second quarter concludes. Right. But <clears throat> here's, my, here's my main issue in all of this, Pat. Uh-huh. What indicators is she looking at that tells her that? What? Because I look at this, right? Inflation jumped to 8.6%, which was more than they expected. I think they expected 8.3 and they got 8.6. That 0.3% of a difference matters. Now, right. <clears throat> that was the highest monthly increase since December of 1981. <clears throat> I was one month old. When that happened, energy prices are up some 34, 35%, a 50% increase in the cost of gasoline. Is that Putin's fault? Oh, by the way, they're producing more gasoline, selling it for more money. Putin is richer today than he was when, when that happened. How is that possible? We're embargoing, right? We're, we're not supposed to be buying any of his, oh, China, shit. <clears throat> oh, how about food? That's up 10.1%, which is the first time since March. I wasn't even born yet, by the way, March of 1981. It was the first time it went above 10%. Oh, how about the stock market? It's in bear territory, having lost 20% of its value since the start of the year. 20%. Cryptocurrencies are crashing like it's going out of style. Largely because it's a speculative play and not part of the actual, you know, um, economic engine, if you will, right now. Not to mention, um, just giving you a little insight to, to perhaps... <clears throat> The, yep. the small business world, because uh, the, the company I work with as my, as my uh, day job, if you will, we specialize in, in small to medium-sized business and digital marketing for small to medium-sized businesses. When those companies start to tighten up their budgets because they're trying to cut costs, whether it be from gas or other energy costs or shipping costs or what have you, a lot of times your marketing budget is one of the first budgets to get tightened up. Mm -hmm. um, and and we're, we're seeing that across the board right now. People are preparing 
for some big bubble to, to burst. And, and how is that going to impact the, the small, medium-sized businesses of America? If we're not in a recession, we're, we're certainly in something that looks an awful lot like one with how everyone is responding to the current market. So that makes me question, what is she looking at that says we're not in one? Right. So here's the rub, though. <clears throat> People on her side are telling her she's wrong. Larry Summers, that that massive Austrian economic oh wait, I mean that Keynesian economist who was very famous for <clears throat> being part of the uh, Barack Obama uh, administration, noted to Bloomberg this weekend. If you look at history, there's never been a moment when inflation was above 4% and unemployment was below 5% when we did not have a recession within the next two years. <clears throat> so sure, could we see our inflationary pressure decrease in the coming months? Potentially. But that doesn't mean that our economy is going to be healthy anytime soon. Because we have so much money circulating in our <clears throat> in the pool, if you will, right? That if you were to jump in, if you were to dip your toe into that proverbial pool, you would splash money out the side. Like that that's how bad it is. Fifteen percent of um CEOs believe in the uh, conference board survey, that their their region of the economy is already in a recession. A vast majority of them believe that we will be in a global or some sort of recession in the next 12 to 18 months. But we see the same idiotic lines from Janet Yellen time and again. This is the person we're supposed to be trusting with our monetary policy by and large, right? She runs in concert with the Federal Reserve Board. <clears throat> All the more reason why why we should But hey, you know what? It, it it's climate change. That it's climate change's fault. She's focused on climate change and and uh DEI. What? Yeah. Th those are her main concerns. Yeah, um as I was trying to say all the more reason why she should never have been put into the secretary of treasury to begin with. But there's still another um, aspect of this Pat that we uh -huh. have to get to. And it's the AOC, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, democratic socialist of America. It's greedflation. That's what we're seeing, right? It's, it's those greedy bastard capitalists that are causing this inflation. Right? After all, who controls the price of their product? Uh, does somebody want to send them um, some some books on economics again? Because, uh, yeah, anyway. No, it's true. Prices, prices did rise by 0.8% according to the producer price index from April to May. <clears throat> now, it is up 10.8%. Year over year, by the way. So yeah, it would be bad, and and if I had the time to to give you this graph, I would. But uh, the wholesale inflation, the the 
PPI, if you will. Oh my God. It doesn't even look like a hockey stick. It just looks like a straight freaking line. Yeah. Now, we also know that the latest CPI, the Consumer Price Index, showed an 8.6% year-over-year increase, and that is the quote-unquote inflation number that they use. Now, we could talk about core CPI versus non-core CPI and those numbers being different, but they all indicate the same thing, high inflation. Now, Elizabeth Warren and that ilk argue what? That it's just profiteering and price gouging having driven those prices higher for the consumer because, well, those greedy bastard capitalists can get away with it because our markets lack competition, which is really rich from the people who want to what? Stifle competition, who want to regulate every aspect of business, which will do what? Stifle competition. But I digress, right? But I want you to think about this, okay? If companies were truly being greedy, right, and if they were just jacking up prices to make money, right, wouldn't that um, <clears throat> that uh, core CPI number that we just talked about be like, I don't know, 11 or 12%? Because when you compare PPI and CPI, right, when you compare those numbers, if it is truly greedflation and those greedy, evil, bastard capitalists, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, but um, if they were doing that, <clears throat> wouldn't they want their product to cost more than it is to make? Our economy is costing more. Okay. The PPI is higher than the consumer price index. The price of things in our economy is costing more than it's selling for. In other words, that is not always the case, right? We talked about gasoline being up 50% and blah, 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 blah. But overall in the marketplace, people are not profiting. We're actually making less money than it costs to produce. Is that bad? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad for our economy, Pat. Right. Now, I want I want you, you know, to understand something. Okay, when we look at this number from 2016, Pat, we saw inflation at what, 2%? Two and a half, three percent, somewhere in that range, right? Consumer price index inflation. The PPI at that time, zero percent inflationary. That's when the prices were higher, and you, the consumer, were uh, at the disadvantaged state of having to. A more than it costs to produce. And it stayed below 3% on the PPI throughout most of 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, until we hit 
2021. And by the way, that number went over 4% real early in 2021 and has only skyrocketed to over 10%. We've seen from the low of negative, by the way, negative one about halfway through 2020 was the PPI inflationary number. It had gone negative. That you couldn't you couldn't produce things, right? That's what that's telling us. It has now gone from that low of negative one to a high of 10%. We have completely lost our shit economically. But guess what? It's all those greedy bastard capitalists. It's, a, it's all their fault. Greedy bastards. Except for inflation is not caused by this. And this proves it. This is the this is the one thing. If you want to tell people they're insane for this, ask them why it costs more on average to produce than the consumer is paying right now. These inflationary numbers should be inverted. That's the point. It should be the if this were true, this, these two numbers should be inverted. It should cost you 10.8%, and it should cost them 8.6% of inflation to produce if greedflation was a thing. The economic illiteracy that it takes in the chutzpah that it takes to know this information and still sit there and tell us that um, it's Putin's price hike and that um, we're not heading towards inflation and it's you greedy capitalists. Does Elizabeth Warren, and, and this is the thing that bothers me the most, um, having worked at a gas station um, through college or parts of college, do they understand how and whom profits? No, they don't. The person who owns that gas station is likely making a couple of cents. Depending on the price, they might be making a cent to 10 cents a gallon. That gets pumped. That's it. Most of these people are making their money by the things that you go into the store and buy. Okay? That's where they're making their money. But at the same point in time, even the people who are doing the refining and the, the, the pumping of the gas to the gas station, right? They're barely making any money. The only people who are really making money are those who are refining and pulling the gas out of the ground. And oftentimes, that's not the ExxonMobil of the world, by the way. Because right now, they're not, they're not the main producers. It's OPEC, it's Saudi Arabia, it's Qatar, right? It's all these oil-rich countries. Oh, wait, we're also oil-rich, but we, we, we don't produce anymore. We went from, from exporting to importing in the course of a couple of years. Oh, that's right, it was the Biden administration. I mean, it's almost like clockwork the second that they started shutting this stuff down, right? 
if you don't understand the basics of how something is produced and whom is profiting, they you get the assumption that these people are making 10 bucks on a $5 gallon gasoline, right? No. Most, the vast majority of that goes towards government tax, goes towards regulation, and the production. There's maybe 10% at best that goes towards profit at any level. And that's just gasoline. Not to mention other consumption products. Now, you can make an argument about shoes, right, that are made in China for 35 cents a shoe, and you sell them for $175. Okay, also the marketing, also all those other costs. Let's build all of that in and see how much of that is profit. It's quite a bit more. So why aren't you going after those? Oh, China. I just on the one hand, Jenny, yeah, on the one hand, the Biden administration, on the other hand, the Obama administration, and on the other hand, because we've got three hands apparently, because you know, climate change, right? Um, reality. I mean, I want you to think about this. We have the Biden administration and Joe Biden himself coming out and telling us what? That the sky's not falling while we're watching the sky fall. Yeah. Um, basically, they're telling you all is well that ends in hell. And uh, don't worry, be happy, except for mommy and daddy are fighting. Right. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But is it uh, is it any wonder? Uh, did you see that video by the way this weekend of Joe Biden collapsing? Well, uh, uh, I'm the one that sent it to you. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Because I, I found it to be a great metaphor for our society today, right? Because what, the yeah. reason he falls is because he, fe- he, he believed that he was off the pedal, right? Like he was on the, he believed that he was on the ground with his right foot and it right. turned out that he wasn't. And he just thoop, tips over. Right. Right. He doesn't even know if he's on the pedal or, or the ground. It's kind of right. like he doesn't know what the hell's going on in the economy or right. the world. Right. And we're going to fall because of it. And they continue to prop him up and let him be president. Is that our fall of Rome moment? Time will tell. But it kind of looks that way, doesn't it? Unbelievable. With that having been said, Pat, though, uh, your final thoughts on today's show. Sure. Uh, couples be together 20 years and end up under the mountain. Strangers have went to McDonald's and found Jesus. Some people get married after six months and still can't download navigation. Point is, there's no formula to eating tomatoes. Do what the, what the alligator says, touchdown Lakers, Joe Biden. Don't get lost where you are in no means no. People, when I say that, they wonder what I'm talking about. Please be kind, be smart, be safe. As always, Matthew 547.